0: Welcome to Collaboration is Queen, a New World Women production. I'm your host Dawn Morningstar, one of three co-founders of New World Women. Sean Vujo, Mecca Page and I have collaborated to co-create New World Women, a women's organization that shares profits with women to reward them for expanding their consciousness and nurturing themselves. Our unique offering supports women's self-empowerment and economic sufficiency, and it emerged out of a respectful, inclusive, co-creative process based on collaboration at every turn and fun. Yes, there was lots of fun. The three of us are often overheard saying collaboration is queen. We invite you to welcome more collaboration into your life knowing that you don't have to do it alone, whatever it is for you. Dust off your crown and enjoy. And always remember, collaboration is queen. It's really, truly an honor for me to introduce Susan Savet to each one of you. I am really blessed to say that I have known Susan for many years. She, Carol Heider, and I hosted the Women's Wealth Summit back in 2015 at the Women's Club of Minneapolis. It was really an amazing day, wasn't it, Susan? It
1: was was a lot of fun. Wow. A long time ago.
0: Yeah, it was 2015.
2: That's crazy. crazy. Yeah,
0: And and you and I have met many times since then. Mm -hmm. And I'm always impressed with how your spiritual core and deep wisdom around prosperity blesses everyone that you come in contact with.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: And uh, a little bit about you. So um, you are a wealth advisor and founder of Waters Edge Wealth Management. And in your own words, The founding of Water's Edge Wealth Management was years in the making. It was quite a journey. So when you talk about developing personal connections and impacting lives, creating personalized and individualized plans, it's more than words for you. It embodies your work. You build from every person's core values, inspiration, and vision. And when you partner with someone, i know that you create a plan that reflects who they are so when you create a prosperity plan for example relationships give purpose to the numbers i love that mm-hmm. that relationships give purpose to the numbers mm-hmm. for this reason a meaningful connection with each person and their family is foundational to your practice And I know that you are super passionate about your work because you know that every single day, Water's Edge is making a difference in your clients' lives. And with nearly two decades of experience and an MBA from the University of St. Thomas, Susan addresses her work with a tested and flexible toolkit of professional knowledge. And... Minneapolis is Susan's home where she shares a love for the arts with her amazing children (laughs) who inspire her daily. Welcome, Susan. Welcome.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much. Super glad to be here. (laughs) Really. We're
0: very, very happy to have you. So um, shall we get right into the questions? (laughs) (laughs) Sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, when you look at life, what's a, a gift or a skill or a talent that emerged within you, something that you loved or that made you feel particularly
1: alive? Oh, you know, <laughs> numbers. <laughs> I can remember back like you know in first and second grade and those really fun sheets you pull out and you know you do the adding and the subtracting and it was just all so perfect I loved it and um, then as I got older spreadsheets and there's a joke in my family because my kids are photographers and painters and artists and I'm like a spreadsheet is my canvas (laughs) so I just I really love that (laughs) I know I'm nerd, but I really love just the the like the magic in numbers. You know, I think as a young as a young child I I I saw that and I love um um the exactness too. There's there's because both they coexist, right? I mean my daughter and I get in these fights about numbers. I'm like, no, you don't understand. The numbers can explain the universe.
2: <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> anyway.
1: yeah. so it's numbers
0: i'm fascinated when i see you i mean i know the depth of your spiritual self and i always am blown away to see how easily you're able to access and utilize both your right brain and your left brain it just is really lovely to witness that so yes. thank you so much thank you i
1: thought it was a curse for a little so, time
0: but <laughs> your journey to sharing this gift of numbers um with other people like like h- how did it all manifest for you?
1: you know it took a it took a while it wasn't until my um I, I had that right brain left brain thing was really um kind of a curse because I would be in jobs and I'd be running the numbers and then I'd be like, but no, you, there's this whole other side and there's this other work I want to do too. And no one would let me do it. And um, so finally, when I was like in my late thirties, I found, I found financial advising where I could do both. And it was like, oh my God, really? So I can run numbers and be all nerdy with spreadsheets and then really like take that and, um, change it into something that's really meaningful for people in their lives, and that was, I think, I mean, that's why I, I'll, I'll do this the rest of my life. I won't retire because it, it brings passion and joy. Love it. I love it. So, what helped
0: you to really hone your confidence in what you? were doing? Because I know sometimes along the way we have a gift that we want to share and we don't feel confident to do it. What would you say you did to build and use your own confidence?
1: Well, I think that like, um, I wasn't confident with numbers at all. I went all the way through college and I didn't realize that I was that good with numbers. I didn't find out until after I took some classes in community college. And then it still took me a while to hone that skill as a financial advisor. I mean, I honestly, I mean, I owe a lot to um, my former broker dealer, Edward Jones, like they, um, they taught me so much. And I, you know, it was like, I, I don't want to, I don't want to say it, but I don't think this is really what I, how I want to say it, but you fake it till you make it. You just keep doing it. You keep doing it and you have success. And um, I learn more and more every day. I'm learning more about the profession of being a financial advisor. It's such a complex world. And so I guess it's just that, you know, you learn something and you apply it and you see it works and then you build on it. It's just like anything. It's just the the building blocks that 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 happen. When you when you love something, okay, I think this is it, the core of that when you have passion for something like you don't let go you you just keep moving on right because it fills you up and so you just want to know more and do more and be more and and i think that that's where the confidence comes in and at the end of the day i know like i really believe what what i'm doing has um that it's more than just um financial services firm in the financial world you know no. Uh, building out portfolios and doing financial, planning. I mean, financial plans. I know that it, ha- it comes from a deeper place and it's about really changing lives and, and maybe not even changing lives, but helping people really fulfill their own dreams, which is the, like, my gosh, right? Everyone fulfilling mm-hmm. their dreams, like the world's a better place. Mm-hmm.
0: I love what you think about, um, you know, really uh, when You're passionate about something and you love it. You just keep going in that direction. And I know that's true for Mecca and Sean and me with New World Women. It's a spiritual vision is the way we talk about it. And it just keeps, you know, um, we keep tending it, you know, and that's what I'm hearing you say is you tended your love of numbers and your um, desire to really help people, Uh, to live out their lives in the very highest and best ways that they can, having the financial success to be able to do that, the financial means or financial plan or however you want to think of it. I love that. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. So um, before we get into your um, teaching and sharing with us this evening, I wondered what is it that drew you into wanting to be a part of New World Women?
1: Well, your Ackerman Ackerman <laughs> <laughs> Well yeah. yeah you know I, I what what I know that you know um I know that when women have money that real change happens and mm-hmm. so of course I mean our our vision and our passions are aligned and the, yeah It's like the more women you impact and help um, fulfill their own dreams and their own and and build their wealth financial. I mean, there are other, I mean, I believe wealth is a lot of things, but financial wealth really does give you freedom and flexibility and um, the power to make change. Yes.
0: And to influence things, right? And influence. So,
2: yeah,
0: yeah. yeah yeah exactly well and our wealth acronym it stands for wisdom enjoyment abundance love tranquility and health and you're absolutely right when you say that you know wealth there wealth comes in many forms and money is one of those ways in abundance and prosperity so beautiful Okay, great. Well, we sure are happy that you're a part of New World Women. We really, truly are. So, um, okay. So uh, what do you have that you'd like to share with us?
1: Well, one second here while I get my screens right. (laughs) Okay, there we go. Sure, sure. Um, I can share now. I have a slide presentation and it's really about women healing their relationship with money. And um, I'll just go through some, I I formalized it in a slide presentation with the help of one of the artists in my family, (laughs) Photography is my son, plug, plug, Um, as well as the design. I can't help it, you know, proud mom. Um, But really, share some thoughts that i've been trying to codify in a way that um i can that, that becomes more universal as an expression of where i think like where i think the breakdown in is in our relationship with money and how to heal it
2: beautiful
1: so am i sharing yet
2: not, yeah. not yet yeah you're gonna have to give me a second because I gotta. Here we go.
1: There you go. Can you see it? Yes. Yay! I did it right. Technology, you know, think mm-hmm. better at it or or not. Um, mm-hmm. This is our, our our firm, Waters Edge Wealth Management, which I think we've already decided that it's my passion um, and my love. It came. It was downloaded. The name was downloaded one day, and I'm like, oh, okay. And why Water's Edge? Because at the Water's Edge, there's just like possibility, right? Possibility for anything. And, and, and that excites me. Um, but today, we're going to talk about healing women's relationship with money. And, you know, it's all people's, but I believe if we heal women, that we will heal all people. Amen. Amen have you ever wondered why you think about money the way you do? And I'm specifically talking about what comes up when you're thinking and you're feeling about it, you know? And I feel like I'm qualified enough to say that it's probably something along this, a pit in your stomach, feeling tired and overwhelmed, avoidance, dread, waking up in the middle of the night. And the the thing is, the reason I say this, and it might seem negative, it's because really when I'm in a room with clients, this is what's going on. When I'm chasing clients down for a review or working with um, someone who's shown interest in working with me and then avoids me for six months and then finally shows up, it's because of this and um it's in every single one of us and whether we have millions or 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 not it's not about how much money we have it's about the relationship with the money and i believe that there's really three steps we need to take to heal our relationship with money and all of it lies in trauma Where do these anxieties and concerns come from? In large part, it's trauma. It's deeply rooted in what happened to us, mainly when we didn't have control over our own selves, when we were dependent upon others for our security and safety. And if you think about money in that way, security and safety, you think you you can easily see how our trauma brain, our primitive brain, the flight fight brain comes about. I mean, really, security, when we were out, you know, as cave people or whoever we were in the very beginning of primitive times, you know, it was safety and security was about gathering food and shelter. And today, money does represent food and shelter, right? Mm -hmm. And so when... We have, we have a lot invested in money. So, you know, think back to your own childhood, of times in your life when you had an experience with money that maybe didn't feel great. I mean, I remember being the youngest and my parents having more resources and telling me I was spoiled. And I remember in my own children's lives as a single mom, there were some really scary times when they knew that I was like in conflict and f- fear over money. So if we can if, identify those feelings of when you didn't feel so great, we can see the connection between some of our behaviors around money. Then maybe, you know, if we can understand what we absorbed when we were younger or even when we're older, um, it, it, it informs us. So think about that. I encourage you as we talk to write it down on a piece of paper if it comes to mind and play with it and see what it see what it see what it does for you. There's three steps to healing your relationship with money and the first one is acknowledging it. It's like looking at those buried traumas around money. And then the second step is to get clear on values because values really drive um, our relationship with money and how we spend it, and what we do with it. And then lastly, um, it's an ongoing conversation with yourself. So that awareness of um, of of what triggers and what
2: what we value. So
1: why are we talking about trauma and money? I think you know I've talked about that it's deeply rooted. It's in childhood stuff it's largely dependent when we're on, dependent upon others but you know let's take a couple of their hypothetical situations but um of a couple of times when I've been involved with clients and these are sort of manifest from that you know a 42 year old woman who's got more than a year's worth of salary saved in the bank, feels like she doesn't have enough money and is afraid to spend money and furthermore afraid to invest it. So she's actually really hurting herself. Um, But all she ever heard through her childhood was that there was never enough money. Another example may not necessarily demonstrate trauma, but it's a a 21-year-old who's got a $5,000 credit card balance because she wants to be with her friends and spend the same amount of money that her friends are spending, not knowing that this $5,000 balance actually needs to be paid off. But there's got to be something underlying there for her too about a need that's not being met. And then um, a 72-year-old woman who has been basically cared for her whole life and avoided active engagement with money and has no idea where it is, what to do with it, or who she can trust. Trauma can dictate our behaviors and our responses. And not acknowledging your trauma then just leads you to a place where you're making decisions that you might regret or not may not be good, may not be well thought out. So this is why we've got to really address it. And, you know, I thought for a long time as a financial advisor, like, you know, I got to have all of our systems locked down and we've got to have processes because, you know, I I can't upset clients. It's easy to upset clients and I got to make sure I never upset clients. And, and, and then, and then one day it dawned on me that it was like trauma. That's why clients get upset. Like if they don't get a response right away, it triggers something because it's about their money. It's all about like, when they're working with me, I have multiple ways that I can trigger a client. And I've learned that over the years that that's what it is. It's not that, you know, um, uh, a, a statement went to the wrong address. You know, I mean, things we make mistakes, but you know that that something else happened. It's really the trauma that's underneath it. Um, what could trauma look like in your life? Think about it. It's like when you recognize and you internalize the message that no longer serves you today. The first, that's the first step to healing. So let's go back to the forty-two year old. You know, like what if you know. I take her through the financial planning process and we lay everything out and she sees what's counts, what are in her accounts. And we go through her budget and we, you know, she realizes she has lots of money left over and that she's not living a life that she wants to live because she's so afraid that she's, you know, she shouldn't spend money when he's now she's starting to see it. And now, 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 it, now it looks illogical because that's what trauma does. Trauma is not logical. It's just protective or the 21 year old who just needs a lesson in that tomorrow. You don't want to, you want to live in the present moment that tomorrow, that $5,000. Yeah. Like I, I don't know what to say there, but you know, we need to teach our children better. And then the woman who's lost her husband and has her head in the sand and has no idea what to do with her money or where, it's like, that's really living a fairy tale. All is well, and I'll be, I'm taken care of. That's great <laughs> until you're not. And the thing is, is she's given her a power away. She gave her a power away all that time, when in fact, if she was an active, engaged participant in her finances, I don't know, I mean, how things might've been different along the way. So, trauma does not serve us. It prevents us from being our highest and our best. So, when you acknowledge you have issues, concerns, and fears, and deeply buried trauma around money, you know, you acknowledge it, you recognize it, you feel it, doesn't feel so good, you sit with it, not a lot of fun, you engage with it, and you look at it it starts to tell you something and what, and it starts to tell you that what's been driving your decisions and, and, your, and, and your relationship around money really isn't anything factual or real.
2: So ultimately, this is all
1: about know thyself. You know, you, when you know what you value, you know what triggers you, the trauma piece, and you know what a joyful future looks like, Then you can start to build dreams and goals that support your purpose. So another question to ask yourself moving from trauma is, what do you value most today? What fills you up? What brings you peace? What makes you feel safe? What makes you feel unsafe? And lastly, what does your future look like? What what does a joyful, abundant future look like and feel like? When you know who you are and what makes you happy and what fills you up, you can really begin to align your money with your life. And that, in my mind, is well being.
2: So, how do we get clear on our values?
1: I mean, how do you want to live your life? How do you live your life? How do you move through the world? You know, when you when values are, are how we do this, you know, if when we're at um, they're guiding principles of our days. That's what we mean by that. This is what we mean by value based um, wealth planning is every day you manifest your values through your work, how you treat people, how you spend your money, how you spend your time and how you see the world. They're they are your guiding principles. And when you know what you value, you know yourself better. So one thing is for me, I value, you know, at first I value beauty. I like beautiful things. My office is beautiful. My home is beautiful. I like being surrounded by beautiful things because it fills me up and makes me happy and brings me joy. It does not mean I need to spend a lot of money you know, it's not just about the money, it's about creating space for myself where I feel uplifted. So start thinking about like those things in your own life that make you feel uplifted and that, that give you joy and that, 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 that make you feel alignment with, with, with who you are. I've, we put together some value words. Sustainability, family, education, optimistic, efficient, positive, adventurous. There's a there's like, you know, there are thousands of value words. You can Google them. Best self journal. I don't know if you're familiar with that product, but they have a card deck of values. I don't think, I don't believe personally, it's like something that you can like throw a bunch of cards on a table and pick up five and go, oh, those are my values. I think that you really have to think about what how you move through the, the world and and that and pay attention and and that's that'll tell you what your values are you know those things that just make you crazy like transparency when people just aren't transparent with me it makes me crazy and when I'm not transparent that makes me crazy. It's like you know and I know that 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 that, that passion around transparency means it's one of my values. So how do I spend money? My money on my values, um, self fulfilling. I'm just going to talk about myself again. Sorry, but I really it's like this is a good one. So I'm a financial advisor, right? I help people build equity through investments and property, and and that's how they build wealth. Equity is the earnings that you make on whatever it is that you invest, and I rent. I have no equity in the property that I live in because I love the lifestyle that renting affords me. I had kids, I've had houses, I've had to mow, I've done all of that stuff and I don't enjoy it. I love having an apartment where my refrigerator doesn't work, I call somebody, I walk out my front door, and I go to the left, and I can go to the grocery store, I go to the right, I can go to the river, I can meet friends for for drinks, I can go walk to breakfast, I love my life, and I'm not in my car all the time, because I hate driving, it's a great life, I can bike places, I, you know, I love, I have a beautiful view, it's like, I rent, because it fills me up and brings me joy. Now, I also have to be aware that I'm not building equity in my home. So I better be darn sure that I know how else I'm building equity. If that's, if that's so important to me, then how else am I building equity? And I have to answer that self for myself. And One way is my business, other, there's lots of other ways.
2: Spending money on your values
1: is meaningful self-care knowing what you value and, and aligning your spending to that is vital and so that's why knowing your values is your first step so i'm i've been working on this idea of value based budgeting and i've been thinking about what if we had in our budgets a line item called walk with friends because that is you know something that brings me great joy so well, how much would it cost in a year for a walk with friends? You'd probably need two pairs of tennis shoes or one pair of tennis shoes and a good pair of snow boots here in Minnesota. And maybe you buy a coffee once a week. You know, it's like we all talk about, oh, you know, you just didn't buy those lattes. You, you know, you put that all in savings. Well, that's all good and great. But if this is something you really value and it, it fills you up and it's part of your budget, then great, no shame. No shame in that. And that's one of the things I really want. That's what we try to eliminate here. No judgment, no shame. We all get to spend our money the way we want to. You know, we all get to create the life we want. And um, it doesn't, as long as we care for ourselves and we believe in the universe, all's well. I mean, you know, money does fall out of the sky. I've seen it happen a lot. Self-care isn't not necessarily about spending money either. It's about the intention around something. So it's not necessarily paying for a fitness trainer. It could be that fitness is super important to me and I need to spend the time around fitness. Or it's not about buying a really expensive bag. It's about having a bag that's durable and, you know, is useful and well-constructed and bought at consignment store and it was $1,000 and you got it for 50, you know, there you go. Self-care is about knowing what, knowing yourself and caring for yourself the way you need to care for yourself. So putting all this into practice is always the harder part, right? Because you got to sit there and you got to acknowledge your feelings. You got to get really clear on your values. And then you got to take it one more step and start to heal that relationship with money by seeing it and working with it. You got to be in relationship with your money. It's not something out here or over there. It's something that you interact with just like you do friends and family. So you can start simple. You'll look at your money, you engage with it, you track it, you open a statement, you create a budget based on life you value. And when you start to do those things, it becomes far less intimidating. Um, a far less intimidating a process knowledge is power practice is challenging again start small No, acknowledge is vital to the healing because you're engaging with yourself and your actions pay attention to how you feel during and after making a purchase you know sometimes you're like oh my god that was so expensive why did i buy it i don't even need it i want to take it back Well, then take it back. And other times you're like, oh my God, I'm so glad I spent all that money. I know we all say this. So, but pay attention to it because it's telling you something and then it's okay. There's no judgment. Um, Write down what you spend, ask yourself, are you glad you did it? And watch how you're focusing on the good feelings You have about how you're handling your money because those good feelings manifest more good feelings and it shifts the relationship to something really positive and joyous.
2: Alignment, when you alignment's
1: everything, right? When you start to understand what you're scared of and acknowledge it and what you value, then you start to transform and then you practice, practice, practice until, until. It's not hard anymore and you're not feeling disconnected. It's a process. You're never done learning, right? You're never learning engaging and growing with yourself. And that means you're never done learning about money either. I'm not, it's been 20 years and I have a lot more to learn. So I really appreciate you taking the time to listen to me. Um, And if you have any questions, I don't know, Do we have time for questions, Mm -hmm. if there's questions? Yeah, I'd be happy to share any thoughts that you Yes,
0: beautiful. Thank you, Susan. Yes, we have about five minutes for questions or comments. And I'll start off with a question from the um, perspective of New World Women. Um, So many women over the years, um, and I've been coaching for over 35 years now, they're really uncomfortable with the word wealth. And that's exactly why Mecca, Sean, and I chose the wealth acronym, because we wanted women to be more comfortable. What would you say about women and that word wealth and why so many women are uncomfortable with that word?
1: We're cultured that way. Mm. I just don't think we were ever cultured, and I still don't know even if we are today. To to think that we we, um, it's the big lie, <laughs> and we've all bought into it. That's all. I mean, I I mean that sounds really jaded, but I, I do think it's true that what what, what is wealth? Wealth does wealth imply imp- 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 greed? And, and and I think the other thing that wealth implies is that if I have wealth that in some way, I've taken away something from you.
2: Mm-hmm. And that's
1: not true. If you believe in abundance, and you know, and the power of compounding, which is a universal truth, like we've captured the power of con- compounding in a number, but the universe is compounding and expanding. So why can't we all be wealthy? It, it, it's not exclusionary. It's inclusive.
0: Beautiful. Um, can you say if? few words about the um the power of compounding
1: <laughs>
0: i love the power of compounding
1: the power of compounding i mean that's what that's what that's the natural power upon this earth that exists i you know and we didn't make it up the universe made it up and you know the power of compounding says that if you get seven percent return on um, the power of 72 says if you get a 7% return over a 10 year, you'll double your money over a 10 year period. So if you invest a hundred thousand dollars today and you get a 7% on average return over a 10 year period, you'll have 200,000. Wow. And that 7% on average means that we could still have this down market right now mm-hmm. of 20%. Cause I just met with a client this afternoon before we did this and we were in this down market and I looked at their average annualized return and It's 6%, it's not seven, but this downturn has been pretty rough. So like, yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: Love it, thank you, thank you. Does anybody
2: have any questions or comments for Susan? Yes, Janalia. Hi, Janalia. Oh, hi. Mm -hmm. I'm curious about any thoughts you have on cryptocurrency.
0: It just seems so, you know,
1: uh, incredible and i just wanted to what you think about it um i'm i struggle cuz for first of all it's um not something i can really um, i can't really buy it personally i can't buy it and i can't buy it for clients because it's an unregulated the platform that it's on are not regulated you can buy versions of it so that there's a disconnect there for me. I I mean, I don't think it's the, I don't think it's the, it doesn't democratize money. I don't think, I don't believe that. I think that, you know, it's like, it's the behavior around it. I think that, you know, I don't know what I think. I, I think it's here to stay. Um, the best explanation I can or best analogy would be gold in my mind right now. It's like you own gold, you mine gold, right? And you own a piece of gold and the value goes up and down. You own a crypto, you own a Bitcoin and the price goes up and down. Um, and there's a saying about gold, it's not something you own for the long term, something you trade. In other words, you buy it low, you sell it high, Mm -hmm. you buy it low, you sell it high. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I mean, I know I just talked to a young guy today who's um, a prospective client and he's like, yeah, I invested 100,000 earlier this year and it's worth 400 now. I know he's not lying. I know that that's true. So there's the other experience with crypto. I just, you know, it's unregulated and it will be someday and that will change the, that will change it. But because it will have to be regulated. There's no way we can really have an unregulated currency and um, in in the world economy. Okay. Well, thank you. Did that answer it? I probably oh. didn't. I'm sorry. Didn't. Well, no, it's, it's helpful. I know it, it's kind of a huge subject. I, I lost a few thousand buying some and regret that I did, but I know other people have had a good experience. So I was just curious.
2: Yeah, okay. I don't
1: do I don't do it. I don't use it.
0: Thank you, does anyone else have a question or a comment for Susan? Okay, Pat, you wanna go ahead and then Glenda. Um, what would you tell a woman who, and I'm thinking of some friends that I have who, and I know you deal with this every day because it's something that you said that you, that you run into, they, they feel stuck, they can't move forward with their money. They won't even like fill out the forms that you're giving them to get started. So how do you get people to move forward with that? What's your secret for motivating them?
1: Well, funny you should ask because it's something we're really working on here lately. And um, really, we're trying to... um, we're coming up with a series of emails that are talking about empowerment and change and um, and knowledge and security and well-being and other kinds of words that maybe people that 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 they that can resonate with. Um, oftentimes, it's about conversations, so via Zoom or otherwise, where where there's a, a connection and an engagement, and I can build some trust. Mm. Uh, So, you know, at the end of the day, it's trust. They need to find someone they can trust and build a relationship with and someone who will be patient enough to allow them the space to do that. And, you know, for me, um, I mean, I'm patient. I've waited, you know, 18 months, 24 months for someone to become a client because I know, you know, it just takes time. Yeah. Something triggers them, you know, like there's right. something that, yeah, go ahead.
0: No, I just, I'm just, I know that you have to be, but I was just curious if you had some way of, of moving them forward.
1: I wish I did. Cause if I did, it would make my life so much easier, <laughs> to be honest.
2: Beautiful. Good. Thank you. Thank you.
0: And Glenda, you're up now.
1: Okay. Excellent. My question is: What are the steps that you go through when you're working with a new client to understand their values, and perhaps help the client understand their values and the traumas? Is there a is there a formula that you work with, or are there worksheets that you have a new client work with? What's the approach? Um, the I, I do most of it in conversation because it's okay. quicker and easier. And um, so we start out, I have like five or six questions. I'll ask a client, you know, what do you value? Where do you see yourself in five years? I mean, they don't sound like outstanding questions, right? But it's their conversation starters. And then um, we do the financial planning process first. And that tends to bring up a lot of information, right? So. What are your assets? What are your liabilities? What are your expenses? What is your income? And what do you want to do with this money? How did you get this money? What is, you know? And so by the time we're done with that process, um, I have a really good idea of what someone values. Um, I am working on some worksheets and I am thinking about how, how maybe there are other ways to to do that that maybe are more formalized, but you know I'm pretty adept at it after 20 years so you know Have you worked with the book Wild Money? No I haven't Okay it's a book that I've been working on just
0: recently. It's uh, Wild Money, A Creative Journey to Financial Wisdom and it's a very creative
1: approach. I would be very interested in that. Thank you. Sounds like
0: a great read. Well we are so grateful to you, Susan. And if anyone um, on this call or listening to the replay would like to continue the conversation with you, um, how would, how's the best way for people to get in touch with you, Susan?
1: Susan at com.
0: Yes. And we will put that in, um, Actually, we can put that right into the chat right now. Sean, would you be willing to do that? Thank you, dear. Um, Okay, great. This has been very informative and enlightening, and we are very grateful to you. Thank you, Susan, Syvette. Thank you. Please visit newworldwomen.com to learn more about our exciting collaboration and how it can support you and other women in your life. We would love to welcome you into our first Founders Circle, which you can explore on our site. If you like Collaboration is Queen, please give us a five-star rating and tell your friends. Thank you, and remember to keep your crown ready so women can collaborate to create a new world for themselves and for our world. A world of love, inclusion,
2: collaboration, and abundance.